Hey, Tatooine Sons family, this is a special episode of the show uh, featuring the amazing pop culture artist Madison Thames, along with a conversation about Eternals that was recorded live from the show floor of Alabama Comic Con. This is Tatooine Sons. It's true. It's true. All of it. What is the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? Force is strong in my family. What do you think his name is? <laughs> it's a big moment. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Maybe Turbis? Do or do not. There is no try. Turbis? <laughs> Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream... That Porg's name is now Turbis. It's a good Star Wars name. We're not done yet. These guys record an awesome podcast called Tatooine Sons. Everybody was lit. Welcome to this bonus episode of Tatooine Sons, a pop culture podcast. The only fan podcast to name a canon Star Wars creature and be endorsed by... Brian Johnson, and uh, we believe that pop culture is the mythology of this generation, that there is a story, it is written on our souls, and that these myths speak to that story. And so this is a special bonus episode, as I mentioned, where we recorded it live uh, from the show floor of Alabama Comic Con. We had a great time uh, on Saturday and Sunday, The I think it was the 9th and 10th of October, so it was a little over a week ago when we recorded this and uh, yeah it was a great time we had it we hosted a, a panel there for the first time and had a lot of fun and we were live podcasting all weekend long on bullhorn.fm bullhorn.fm is a podcast app it functions just like a regular podcast app just like apple podcast or spotify or google podcast or any of those you can listen to all of your favorite podcasts on that app but at the same time you can actually see uh, content on the app that the shows are putting in there, like links to websites, images, and things like that. In this interview that you're getting ready to hear with the amazing pop culture artist, Madison Thames, I'm referencing images that we're putting up on that. So if you're trying to understand what, what's happening there, that's the answer to that. You should go ahead and download the app and, and listen to it on there if, you, if you'd if you like to see uh, everything that we're talking about, all the images that we're putting up there and the links on there. Uh, I mentioned Madison. Madison Thames is an amazing pop culture artist. She's a Birmingham native, so she was right at home in her own element, in her own backyard on uh, the show when when we were broadcasting from Alabama Comic Con. Uh, she graduated from Auburn University. University, so War Eagle. Um, I'll say that in solidarity uh, with that that Alabama, the other Alabama uh, school. Uh, she graduated from there in 2018 with a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree uh, and a concentration in painting. Um, and then she moved back to her hometown and she planted her roots and she's building her career right there in Birmingham. She's producing a wide variety of different commissions for clients. And then she's attending Comic-Cons as, as a vendor and getting her uh, Star Wars and Marvel and all of her amazing art out to the world. She works uh, both traditionally and then digitally. Um, she's creating oil paintings, uh, graphite and charcoal drawings, Photoshop illustrations, and 
uh, one of the reasons we think that Madison is amazing is because she's an awesome uh, fan of The Last Jedi. So uh, we're excited to bring that interview. And then after that interview, we continued to have a conversation for a few minutes uh, talking about The Eternals. The Eternals, uh, as you're listening to this podcast today, uh, The Eternals premiered uh, last night. And so we spent a little bit of time talking about why this movie is coming out in this phase of the MCU. So I hope you enjoy it, uh, the interview with Madison, as well as our conversation about Eternals. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're super excited. We're back here on the show floor here at Alabama Comic Con and My Hero Con? I think so. My Hero Con, I think so. Whatever it is. If it's not Star Wars Visions anime, I'm probably not into it as far as anime goes. Yeah, but... Um, we're here with a uh, with an amazing um, uh, pop culture artist. Um, you know, I always see her Star Wars stuff, and I'm excited about that. But she's got so much more than just Star Wars that she does. Um, Madison Thames, it is so exciting to have you here today. Hello, I'm excited to be here. That's awesome. She's wearing her Ahsoka Tano jacket and everything. She's a true Star Wars man. True. <laughs> uh, tell everybody a little bit about your art and what you do, and then we'll, we'll just kind of have some Star Wars conversation. Well, I'm a, a lifetime artist. I've been doing it unprofessionally my whole life, and then I went to school for it and got an art degree and all that, and now I've just started doing Comic-Con conventions. Like, I'm fairly new to the scene here. I, I went to them as, like, a, an attendee for probably five or six years now, um, but this is only my second con as a vendor, so oh, wow. I'm really enjoying it, just putting the prints out there. I do lots of different things. I do digital art that I put into prints, and then I do uh, oil paintings and uh, pencil and charcoal drawings. Wow. So I do lots of different stuff wow. and many different fandoms. I love Star Wars, obviously, but also a big Marvel fan, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. I love all the good stuff. She's our people. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Absolutely. If it's nerdy, I probably like it. That's Except awesome. for Star Trek. So what? Oh, yeah, that, that is so hilarious. I was talking about this in our panel yesterday. Um, people were asking what my my earliest Star Wars experience was, and I was talking about how I had to watch it on TV because that you know I was I was two when it came out, but we didn't go to movies. And then I I I remembered that my very first movie that I ever went to was actually Star Trek the motion picture. <laughs> In wow. the theaters on Christmas Day, and I'm like, maybe that's why I'm not a Star Trek fan because that thing is so <laughs> terribly weird. All right, um, and I became a huge Star Trek or Star Wars fan with that. Um, so you made the leap now from attendee at cons, walking around the show floor, seeing the art and all this stuff, and to actually being one of the the vendors and actually selling your art. What was that process like? You know, you've been do, going to cons for five years. What was it that caused you to take the leap and actually go out there and make this happen for you? Man, I was just looking around and I was like, man, it would be fun to do this. Like, how do I, how do I get on the other side of the table? What's that like? So I just started looking around online and I was like, wow, you can just send in an application. So I was, I was nervous about it at first because you're always like, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Oh but I just, I started sending in applications and here we go. You know, you're definitely uh, good enough. Uh, we've been, we're gonna let, we're gonna let MC guy finish up what he's doing here. All right. They always decide to talk when we're recording. Yeah, never when we're not. Um, have you ever noticed that? So. 
There we go. So I'm looking in here. So you've got lots. Of, I mean, obviously, Star Wars is what I always recognize. you. Is Star Wars sort of your first love when it comes to Absolutely. art and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Okay. What's your first Star Wars memory? I was talking about mine a little bit. but uh, I mean, I don't really have one because this has always been in the house. Like, I have an older brother who was always watching Star Wars, and he had he has a huge box of toys that we still have, like the old school figures. And yeah. so I grew up playing with those. And so I never remember, like, watching the movies for the first time because I've always been watching them. They've just always been around. So um, the prequels is really what I remember because I'm a prequels era kid. Um, so I remember this is one of my earliest Star Wars memories. I was six years old, five or six, crying because my brother was going to the midnight premiere of Attack of the Clones and I was not allowed to go. Oh, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> so Revenge of the Sith was my first one that I Your got to see. Your first midnight premiere? Or? Well, the first one that I got to see in the theaters. I don't wow. think I was there at midnight, okay. but... Yeah. That's so cool. That's so, awesome. I barely got in there before the trilogy ended. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're really involved, though. Like, you know, I see you posting about Star Wars and kind of commenting and liking stuff. That's how we got connected through Facebook and some other things with yeah. that. Um, what do you think of why, – why is Star Wars um, important to you? Ooh, um, I mean, I, I'm just a big fantasy person in general. Like, I love fantasy and sci-fi kind of stuff, so it fits that genre perfectly. Um, but there, I guess it's the uniqueness of, like, the Force as a concept. That really stuck out to me probably as a kid. Um, I just really love the characters. I'm a big character person. Like, plot's great, but I love great characters, and Star Wars has always had that, like, really diverse characters, too. Like, there's Leia and Anakin and like Kylo and the, they're just also well defined and they all have their own motivations and so I've just always loved the characters and the music. The music uh, is one of my favorite things too. Yeah, um, I can't imagine Star Wars without that soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, uh, with yeah. it, I'm looking here at some of the art that I was pulling uh, so we could because uh, we're on Bullhorn FM and so people listening to the show on Bullhorn. Uh, using the app can actually see images that I put in the app um, as they're listening to the podcast, and so I've been throwing up some of your uh, some of your art on here. I'm looking at one right now uh, that's got Rex and Ahsoka um, on it, uh, and you've got a couple of these. Those are some strong, fun characters. You're wearing an Ahsoka jacket. Is Ahsoka yeah. one of your? Is like she your girl? Or? She's my girl. She's one of my favorites. Yeah, I what, love her. What is it about that character that so that you gravitate towards? I think it's that she was willing to strike out on her own path. I love that she's like in this organization in the temple, but she realizes it's not for her and she's not afraid to strike out on her own and find because I, I personally, I have a lot of issues with the, the dogma of the, the Jedi, as Palpatine would say. Yeah. <laughs> so Soka had some of her, ended up having some of her own kind of disagreements with that. And she, she forged her own path without going down the dark side, which I think is impressive. Mm. This is really cool because I was having a conversation with Blurred. Is it Blurred Over? Is Blurred Over. Like, mm -hmm. I always want to make sure I get it right. Um, <laughs> Blurred Over, which is right over here yesterday. And they were asking me, the last question that they asked me was light or dark as uh, a side. If I could make it, you know, if I could be on either side of that, would I pick? And I started talking about Ahsoka and I was using the same language that you're talking about, like the dogma of the Jedi and all this other stuff. And I was <laughs> relating it. I was relating it to like religion and faith and how like sort of. You know, there's so much like craziness that can be associated with religion, but you know, your faith has to be something that's different, that's separated from the dogmas and stuff. Yeah. And with it, so that was cool. So you, um, uh, you've also you've got some amazing. I'm looking, I'm pulling in right now an image from 
of, of, of Wanda from the WandaVision series. So you're a big Marvel fan, too, you said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. What have you thought about some of the uh, the series that have come out in Disney Plus in the last year? Which one has been your favorite? And uh, where do you think it's going from here as far as the, the, the Marvel Universe? WandaVision is definitely my favorite of awesome. the, the Disney Plus series so far. I thought it was so powerful at addressing grief in that way. Oh, yeah. Like, there were certain lines that just got me, and I would start bawling. <laughs> I was like, it's amazing to have it kind of manifested in a physical way like that, and just having the entire show be like her journey of grief through like learning how to deal with it and how not to deal with it. And wow. I thought it was wonderful the way they did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have no idea where it's going. Things have gotten so crazy that I'm just like, I'm assuming multiverse craziness trying to stop. King now. Yeah. Have uh, you seen Venom yet, by the way? I have not. So do you have any clue about that post credit scene? I was told. My brother told me. Oh, yeah. what a jerk. Well, no, I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, do you want me to spoil you? Okay. To spoil you? And I was like, tell me, tell me. Because that is multiverse times 10 yes. uh, happening there. So that'll be... Yeah. Uh, that'll be pretty cool. My fingers are crossed. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, so I'm, my fingers are crossed for Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield all in one movie. All pointing at each other in a circle, <laughs> right? Like an old meme, like the cartoon meme where the Spider-Men are all pointing at each other. Exactly. We can, we I can, need that to happen. That needs to happen on screen um, with it. Um, how do you come up with ideas for the, the art that you do? A lot of times, like, there's a scene that I really love, uh, and I'll just, like, screen grab. I'm like, oh, I love that frame. And I'll just take that because there's just really there's a lot of great emotional moments that those are usually the ones that I'm like, I have to draw this scene or or they look this character looks amazing here. I need to do a portrait of this. So mm. just depends. I mean, your art almost looks like, though, it was grabbed straight from the uh, the the films, though. Like, it's just so photo accurate <laughs> how you're able to do it. But it's cool that you, you base it off of scenes itself. Do you ever? Yeah. Do you ever create kind of like your own original ideas, like what you'd want something to look like? Yeah. You've got some Last Jedi stuff over there that feels that. You got oh, some, I, some, yeah, yeah. I just thought of a really random one that I okay, did cool. before The Rise of Skywalker came out. So everybody loved the, I think they were called the Orvax, those like horse things with the okay. like the oh, weird yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody was talking about those when that first image came out and I did one of Kylo Ren on an Orbeck, which of course did not happen <laughs> in the movie, but I wished it would. <laughs> That's fun. That's cool. Well, I mean, it's, you're able to make your own little uh, stories in your own head. Yeah. That's cool. Madison, one of the most controversial things that's happened in Star Wars ever is called The Last Jedi. <laughs> um, and we are big Last Jedi fans. Everybody that listens to our show knows that. And I'm from, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think you're pretty you're a pretty big fan of that movie too, aren't you? Love The Last Jedi. Okay, yeah. so why do you think well first of all, why do you love it so much? And then second, why do you think so so many fans are have a struggle with that film? Uh, the most interesting thing about the sequel trilogy to me was the connection between Kylo Ren and Ray. And The Last Jedi obviously explored that in a new depth, you know, uh, expounding upon what started in The Force Awakens and just seeing those two come together and like fight the Praetorian Guards and all that stuff was mm. just amazing. I loved it. Pretty much everything about The Last Jedi. I have little, I always have little issues sure. with every Star Wars movie. What was one of your little issues with that movie? I'm not the biggest fan of the Canto Bite stuff, which I okay. think is pretty a pretty popular opinion. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's not the most exciting sequence to me. But um, I did love the stuff with Finn and Rose though. So. Awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, why do people have an issue with it? I guess I think most of it seems to be the Luke stuff, which I thought that was a really powerful arc for Luke. Actually, like I think 
characters are so much more compelling when they're flawed instead of being like perfect all mm-hmm. the time. Like, cause they're more relatable when they actually mess up. And so Luke had always been such a strong heroic figure and we finally got to see him like really mess up and have to deal like grapple with making that huge mistake and how to come back for it, from it. And I think he came back better than ever. So it's that character development. He didn't just kind of, you know, I, uh, I had an interview uh, about a year ago with Adam Lance Garcia, um, who's another big last Jedi fan, um, writer for Condé Nast and stuff. And he or a producer for them. And he was telling me that so many fans want Luke to just level up like in a video game instead of seeing Luke as a real character that is going to struggle and deal with, with doubt and loss and all of those things and come back stronger. And, and so The Last Jedi allows us to see Luke from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome. Um, I always ask this question on every interview that we do, and since you are such a huge Star Wars fan, we have to ask you this. So uh, for, you, for you, how does Star Wars inspire hope? Oh, uh, I think... As Han Solo would say, never tell me the odds. It's about overcoming impossible odds constantly. There's so many situations where you're like, man, how are they going to get through this? How are they going to beat the Empire when they're just this tiny little disorganized rebellion? Uh, or how is Luke going to beat Darth Vader? Because Darth Vader is so much more powerful than he is. You know, all that stuff. All the characters overcome these impossible odds. So I think it's hope is a constant theme running through every all of the trilogies so that's awesome so if if people want to check out your art um and get in touch with you about anything that they want to potentially purchase uh what are some ways that they can they can find you guys uh you can find me on madisontames.com that's my website but i'm also on instagram at madisontames.art i'm also on facebook under always the same name you can just search madisontames art and you'll find me on etsy too on Etsy too. Awesome. Very cool. All right. What's the favorite thing that you've done in the last year? Favorite piece of art that you've done that when you think about it, it pops into your head? Oh, I think it's been over a year now, but the Ahsoka and Rex piece, I know I have two of those, but the, my favorite is called Under Fire. It's a horizontal one of uh, them in the hallway fighting together. That one. I think that's my, the one you threw up there. Is that, that the one I just threw I'm up? pretty sure. Yep. For I'm sure. going to pull it up again and see, and we'll get it on there. It's, it, there's a reason. I pulled it up. It's freaking amazing. Um, Thank you. Um, with the, all the stuff that you've done, let me see if I can pull it in here. There we go. Uh, yeah. That's it right there. Yeah, there, she's got the lightsaber. And Is that it? No, that's, that's the other one. one. I did that one, one more recently. Oh, okay. Uh, um, she's, yeah, that's not it. Okay, yeah, well, that's that. I'll have to find I, that I'll one. I'll find the other one and we'll get it up there. They're all awesome. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us, Madison. You. It's been awesome having you on here and finally meeting you in person. Yeah. This is so cool. Thanks for having me on. Well, you're welcome. I'm going to let you guys talk a little bit and then I'm going to uh, be back in a minute. All right? Yeah. And stuff too, which is really cool. And yeah, she is super, super talented. I think of all the artists here, she's one of, if not the best. I mean, maybe I'm. I don't. I don't. I'm not even being biased with that. I mean, her art. It looks photorealistic, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at the screen right now on your Bullhorn app, you're going to see uh, some pictures. I, obviously, the picture she was talking about is right there. Um, so it's in the bottom left corner on your screen right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah. The two lightsabers and Rex and and all of that. It's it's absolutely stunning. You got a Boba Fett on there, Sam. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, with that, uh, some Sylvie, some Natasha, uh, everything. It's a uh, it's a uh, pretty fantastic stuff. Um, that's awesome. Well, let's do this. Let's let's shift gears uh, one more time, kind of like we did on the last episode. Let's talk a little bit about the Eternals. This movie's getting ready to come out a lot faster than <laughs> most of us, I think, are thinking. It's uh, yeah. what about three three weeks away, four weeks away? A little bit, yeah. Uh, November. What is it? Fifth? Is that what we decided? 
I think, yeah, that sounds right. Um, let's talk a little bit about who they are. I, I was unclear um, before these movies came out or it was announced really with anything to do with uh, with the Eternals. So I pulled this from ScreenRant.com because they've got a pretty good description. And we kind of like ScreenRant. Oh, well, yeah. Because ScreenRant <laughs> kind of likes us um, <laughs> on that. So the Eternals are the brainchild of one of Marvel's most celebrated and artists, Jack Kirby. Now, that immediately evokes a reaction from BB Nate. <laughs> uh, what is, uh, what, why do you like Jack Kirby? He, he just goes out of the box with everything he does. He never really stays to what we know he always makes something new and something that is completely different from anything we've ever thought of especially with the new gods and everything he did with that with dark side apocalypse and new genesis and everything and so yeah he's just really amazing yeah you know it says here on this article that when that he basically he did the new gods over at dc comics and it didn't turn out the way that he hoped uh, so then kirby developed that same type of a story for mm-hmm. marvel with similar things, and that's the Eternals. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. With it, uh, it's a comic book series. It's about a race of immortals living among humans while awaiting the arrival of the Celestials uh, on the Earth. And the series, uh, the comics series, was canceled within just l- less than two years of being a new uh, comic book series, and so it left a lot of the plot lines just sort of hanging out there. Um, although the Eternals have, they've shown up in a few things, uh, in the past. Um, sometimes they have their own comics, other times they guest in other comics, uh, like Thor and the Avengers and that type of thing. Um, BB Nate, from what you understand, what are some of the similarities between the Eternals and the New Gods? Um, personally, I haven't been able to actually find a way to read New Gods. It's difficult to get my hands on. I know the basics about it, but really it's just New Gods deals a lot with these immortal people, these people that are, insanely powerful that deal with things around the universe um of course you have the old gods like zeus and Ares, and then you have the new gods like orion and um dark side and all these people and they normally in most cases they fight each other because they really do not like each other trigon the father of Raven is normally put into the old gods category, and so he was also introduced pretty close to that point. And okay. His arrival of Dark Side, and so really, it's just yeah, immortal people deal with things around the universe a lot, like the Eternals. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So uh, Jack Kirby, uh, the author of the Eternal stories and the New Gods stories that you were just talking mm-hmm. about, he's one of the most influential storytellers in comic book history, mm-hmm. isn't he? He's he's a very he does a lot with art too. So okay, awesome. Uh, what are some of the things uh, that he is most well known for? He's known for, of course, the Eternals and creating the Celestials and their looks and everything and how they uh, function. And of course, he's known for creating Darkseid, which okay. then heavily influenced Thanos. Um, he actually was. I thought he influenced Apocalypse. So he was. Basically, um, working with the guy who created Thanos. Oh, okay. Um, to I, he even told the guy creating Thanos take inspiration from Darkseid. So, okay, all right, I stand corrected then. Yeah, Apocalypse is his planet too. Well, I'm meaning Apocalypse from X Men. Oh, well, kind of, but that was also influenced. Yeah, it was also influenced from Darkseid. Okay, but okay, Darkseid was created before. Thanos or Apocalypse, so... Right, okay. So Thanos and Apocalypse both have uh, similarities to Darkseid. And the looks, yes. All right. Did Kirby do anything with uh, any other characters or any other comics that you know of that you can remember? Not that I remember right now, at least. That's interesting. Uh, 
Um, why are the? Why do you guys? I'm going to ask you this first, Sam. Um, okay. Why do you think now that uh, at this point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that they're bringing the Eternals in? Um, what's the purpose of, of introducing these sort of obscure uh, characters into the MCU at this point? It's to show that. Well, the threats are becoming bigger, so the heroes need to become bigger. Um, you know, what they've been doing with these shows lately is showing that the Infinity Stones and that whole Infinity stuff, that's nothing compared to what's coming up. Um, like, you know, you had the Infinity Ultron, you got Kang coming up, right? You know, the Infinity Stones and the Infinity Saga is over. It, we're fighting bigger, badder things at this point, and that needs bigger, stronger heroes, such as um, the, the Eternals here. I mean, you've got, I think it's Icarus. Uh, he's basically like Superman, right? Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. That's, that's very similar it to, to mm-hmm. his, you know, his powers and stuff. But he's a super strong character, and they need that to be able to save Earth. And, and So they're amping things up all around, and I think that's why they're bringing in these characters. Plus, it's introducing the Eternals, like you said, or the, uh, excuse me, the Celestials, which I think will have a big um, part to play in the future with just, like, you know, cosmic stuff. Because everything's going to be a lot less grounded on Earth at this point, I have a feeling. Um, Cool. What, three, four weeks now? Yes. Eternals on screen. This is going to be the second longest movie in MCU history. It's How long? Like two hours and I think forty-seven minutes, something like that. It's just under Endgame, which is uh, good. I enjoy the length. So, um, so that's going to be big, uh, big plot lines, big character building uh, moments, and uh, uh, it'll be it'll be one of those where you probably want to drink a couple cups of coffee before you go in. Uh, <laughs> at least for if you're an old guy like me. Um, not that I that I don't like watching movies, but I'm old and I fall asleep. Yeah, you do fall asleep sometimes, especially if there's like long exposition. Lots of exposition, yeah. I tend to fall asleep. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to drink some coffee before I go in there. I'm going to watch it. I'm excited about it. Can't wait to do that. I just want to tell you two guys, thank you for all of your willingness to do whatever we are to do this weekend. Happy to help. You guys did a great job. The live podcasting is much different than very. A, a produced, mapped out show. Um, you never know when a couple Jawas are going to come up and start grabbing things off the table or... Um, Freddie and, or not Freddie, I said it last Jason. night. Jason, Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers are going to come and stand up there with their sword, their knives and their axes and chainsaws or whatever they had, um, and just uh, to, just stare, you know, stand two feet from you while you're trying to record a podcast. And you got to act like this, and they're well. acting like they're listening to it. It's a little bit intimidating, yeah. um, with it. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. You guys did a great job. It's been Thank fun. You. Alabama Comic Con has. Um, you guys are worn out. You deserve um, to sit in a car for five hours as we drive home and rest. <laughs> so take a break. I'll drive. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna get some coffee first. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening to Tattooing Sons of Pop Culture podcast. And uh, uh, you can check out the main show. It's always uh, well. It's for the next couple of weeks coming out on Fridays, and we're gonna shift it to Tuesday. So easiest way to do this is just subscribe uh, to the show. So go to whatever podcast app that you listen to it. Uh, podcast on. Look up Tattooing Sons. And hit that follow button, and uh, the rest will take care of itself. Whenever we have a new episode come out, you, you get to listen to it right away. So we look forward to doing that. Anything else you two want to say? May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you, always. This party's over. I like that monkey. Don't get technical with me. <laughs> <laughs>